0: Set your faces to sexy
1: Hey you Reading comic books Like the way
2: you look Like the way you
1: Welcome, listeners, to another episode of True North Nerds. Yay! This week we delve into the first episode of Loki, available Did on you? Disney Plus. Really? Yes. Is it out? <laughs> I will punch you in the face.
0: You have to see me to do it. I <laughs> dare ya?
1: Goddamn COVID. <laughs> Uh before we jump into the news, we have everybody here. We have Kevin. Hello. We have Jen. Hi. And we have Ryan. Hello. And I'm Brent. Ryan, Hi, what's Brent. in the <laughs> What's in the news this week?
0: Oh, uh, let's see, where do we start? Hello, where do you guys want me to start?
3: At the very beginning. It's a very good place to start.
0: <laughs> okay. I was just
2: gonna say that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, well, here you. Go. This is probably the most important thing in the news, and it just doesn't get enough enough news coverage. This month, I think it's already actually happened by the time this comes out. The U.S. government is scheduled to release a report detailing experiences and sightings of unidentified aerial phenomena. UAPs, because they don't call them UFOs anymore. <laughs> this goes along with the declassified Navy videos from the last couple of years, where they showed like, the tic-tac that they couldn't keep up with. Because mm. they're out there. And that
2: Something just illustrates that just illustrates what a wacky couple of years it's been. That That's like, barely gotten very much buzz. It's like, I,
0: oh I yeah. Can, I can remember the first time I saw it on the news and they're just like, oh, here's a declassified video. And it's like, yeah, of a UFO. <laughs> no, on to the rest of the news. It's like, really? Yeah. Anyway, uh, from the <laughs> early reports, this report really all they're coming out and saying is like, "Yep, there was we see stuff. We don't know what it is." On to the awesome. next thing. So it's gonna be a whole lot of nothing as usual, but you know, they're out there. Uh, moving on. Edna Jones Five started filming. There's been oh. set photos of uh, Harrison Ford in full Indy getup. Mm-hmm. Ah, uh, wow, geez, you guys are really.
2: I did not like the last one, and I don't really yeah. care if there's another one. <laughs> I'm just. Or I feel like we should just let Harrison Ford rest. Hasn't oh, he no, done sure. enough?
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. Um, don't the same way about Ghostbusters
1: on the set.
2: Yeah. uh i mean are they gonna is somebody else gonna be his kid this time are they gonna be like oh yeah um so uh yeah that kid doesn't exist anymore here's a new kid
0: oh he grew up and looks like somebody completely different now
1: <laughs> yep that's how they do it because there's back? no way they're getting child oh. book back
0: who who knows that, that there's been like nothing really said about it uh the one thing they came out from the looks of maybe some of the photos that there might be some kind of a connection to, um... What was the third movie? I'm a bad fan.
1: Uh, Last Crusade. That's the one.
0: There may be some Last Crusade connection from one of the... From the looks of some of the set photos or something, but...
1: Yeah, there's, there's Nazis in it, which seems a little odd, but like what it, 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 the reason why it seems a little odd is or at least there's some Nazi paraphernalia or stuff in a couple of the photos is the part of the whole reason the Russians were the bad guy in the last one was after making Schindler's list Spielberg did not want to do Nazis anymore is mm. he he had dealt with real Nazi stuff. In Schindler's List And that was no longer A source of Something he could find enjoying Then that's part of the reason and It's also part of the reason why Roger Rabbit 2 Never really got off the ground Is it was starting to get momentum Again around that time And then Because uh, Roger Rabbit 2 was going to be uh, A prequel that takes place In World War 2 And basically Spielberg didn't find Nazis funny And like Granted good that for him. His family are Holocaust survivors. Yeah. So, like, it's kind of, in a weird way, it's kind of awesome <laughs> to see that, like, his experience making Schindler's List sort of went, huh, maybe they're... I no, shouldn't just use them as bad guys. <laughs> for for yeah. shit. Yeah. No. Like,
2: well, and,
1: and I can completely see his point of view on it. Like, I don't begrudge him on it. It's oh, really, just for sure. weird that he's... That he's allowing it, but he's also not directing this film. He's he's a, a producer on it. He's wow. not directing it. So maybe that's part of the reason why it's and okay. Just
0: because there's Nazi paraphernalia doesn't mean there's Nazis.
1: No.
3: Plus, we're also to the point that Harrison Ford, you know, is too old to be fighting nazis and i'm talking about in the indiana jones timeline right you're never yes. too
0: old to fight nazis kevin you no, too old.
3: but but we're past the era of nazis being bad guys if indiana jones has aged at the same rate as harrison ford we are in now the mid to late 1950s early 1960s yeah, and that's why-
0: where we what gotta
3: saying, fight
0: commies, not Nazis. Well, see, that's what I was saying. It could still just be remnants of like Nazi like paraphernalia yeah. that he's found a, Nazi, you know, a former stronghold or you know, the guy dealt with aliens last movie, right? Like who knows yeah. what he's looking it's, for now. That's very, very true. Oh.
2: He's probably gonna get I hope it's probably gonna get abducted by aliens and have to go and save the archaeology of a distant planet.
0: Maybe Hellboys in this one.
1: That would be kind of awesome. If they just said fuck it. Yep. Okay, let's move Indiana on. He joins, now. teams up with Hellboy. Yep. Mm.
0: And speaking of Hellboy, oh, segue. Uh, DC. <laughs> the DC, Dark Horse Comics has opened a new gaming division, and it has been in talks with developers for to potentially collaborate on games based on their biggest titles. Ooh, is there going to be a barbed wire video game? Wouldn't put past them.
3: <laughs> huh?
1: Yeah, it's a little weird because Dark Horse doesn't own a heck of a lot of what you would call recognizable stuff. Nope. They publish a bunch of stuff that recognizes it like is recognizable, like Sin City, Hellboy are two that readily come to mind, but they don't nope. actually own them. <laughs>
0: now I wonder if it's part of some deal because in the article like they did mention those t- like, titles like Sin City and stuff like that, so maybe yeah. it's- a part of, like, you know, part of their deal, or if anyone's going to be putting them in games, it'll be done, not, you know, because nobody else has. Mm -hmm. Other than the rare appearance of Hellboy in, like, a fighting game.
1: I think you could do a really cool Sin City, like, narrative-driven game. Like, Mm -hmm. kind of in the style of, like, Max Payne, but with updated graphics and controls and stuff and uh as you said hellboy hellboy is prime for a good game they think beyond so beyond his appearance in the fighting game i think there's there's one console game maybe two and i know the one that i did play was not good i want to say yeah i want to say it's original xbox like it, it, it's quite oh, I was old. you like, say,
0: it has to be something that old because I've never heard of there being a Hellboy game. So wow. Hmm. Next, next, uh, doo, 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 doo. Uh, the new season of Archer has a start date. Ooh. We'll be getting that uh, August twenty fifth.
3: That's good. Ooh. Am I to assume yeah. that this will probably be the last season of Archer?
1: I don't actually know. I don't think it is. I want to can say they,
3: they do another season without Jessica Walter.
2: Oh,
1: that's a good point. I had completely forgotten about that.
2: It depends yeah. on what they do with with Mallory, and I guess if they're going to do something with her, or if they're going to just like write her out.
0: I think you could at least do one season without her. Like you have her have her die off on the show, and then you have a whole season of Archer dealing with it. Yeah and then yes. you know, by the end of the season does he finally step up and grow up and then you end it that way so then he's kind of from season one to the final like he's grown and evolved or is he worse off or do they just bring another actress in and just say oh she, oh, she goes okay <laughs> I, can't, I can't clear my throat and my voice sounds different now replace like her with what they did Algram. in Ninja
1: turtles
2: They would probably do some sort of in-world joke like, Mother, what's wrong with your voice? And she'd be like, what are you talking about? I've always sounded like this. And that's how they would get around it.
3: Maybe, but... If they go
2: that way, yeah. I don't think they would, though. I think that they would probably find a way to write her out if they're going to continue.
1: I could see them actually killing her off. Like, in, in sort of tribute somehow. Like, sort of whatever they think she would think was either A, tasteful, or B, how her character should go out. Yeah.
3: You don't think Archer's just getting a little long in the tooth, though? Oh, no. 12, it's a,
1: I don't fault you on it, Kevin. It's more, I thought their last re-up went for another couple of seasons.
3: Mm.
1: Like, I, 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 I can't seem to find it. I've been looking for it since we were since we started talking about it, how many seasons it's supposed to go for. But it seems to me the last time they announced it, there was the season that we got last, one more. And I want to say it's like another one or two are in the pipeline. But that can change too. Mm -hmm.
2: Uh, I kind of agree with you, Kevin. As much as I really, really like Archer and I enjoy all of it, it is getting a little long in the tooth. Mm-hmm. I think they probably should have ended it with him in a coma and just left it at that. Personally. But I'll still watch it. I still like it. <laughs> uh Oh,
0: okay. So the director for the upcoming Flash movie shared out some new images, teasing the Michael Keaton Batman return. Uh, there's an image of Keaton's Batman like, chest logo with some blood on it. And apparently, uh, the movie actually started production back in April.
1: That image from Watchmen is the gift that keeps on giving, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Um,
0: Okay, now we got a bunch of different uh, casting news and rumors. So we got uh, Christina Ricci has been cast in The Matrix 4. Yep. There's another movie I don't care if it
3: gets made. I feel the same way about, no. you know, th- why Why bring this back? The last two sequels were crap.
0: Exactly uh-huh. why they're bringing it back. they got to oh. atone for that. And this will, you know, depending on how the fourth one comes out, will be depending on how excited or uh, how much I want a fifth one. If they I mean, come out and shit the bed again, then I'll say, yeah. okay, you know what? The first one's great. They can't hold
2: to- do I have to re-watch 2 and 3 to watch this one? Because I really don't want to watch 2 and 3 again. And I have no memory of what happened in them. Yeah. I they
0: sucked. I'm sure the most important stuff that you'll need to know, you'll be told. I mean, they could pull a Jurassic
3: World and revive a dead franchise. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'll believe it when I see it. Jurassic World was new creators, right? And uh, this is the Wachowskis back to the Matrix.
1: Yeah, but even then, it's only one of them. Oh, is it? Yeah, it's not the it's not the pair. It's uh, I want to say it's Lana uh, is the one heading this up. Uh, yes, okay, but who's got the writing credits? Uh, yeah, it's a, it. This is primarily Lana's thing. She's directing it. Um, she's listed as a writer along with David Mitchell and Alexander Heyman. And it it doesn't look like um, Lily is really involved with it at all. So right,
3: because she's working on a TV
1: show. Um, I think it's partially, partially that. And when they started ramping everything up, it was during like the public announce, like just after the public announcement of uh, Lily transitioning. Mm. so it's they were probably dealing with a heck of a lot of crap with that Um, David Mitchell and Alexander Heyman uh, worked with uh, the Wachowskis on Sense8 that uh, show that they had on uh, Netflix for a while that got from what people told me got prematurely ended but I didn't get into it enough to get that far right They've been
3: working on this movie since February of last
0: year.
1: Yeah.
0: So. Okay. So rumor has it that uh, Namor may be joining the cast of Wakanda forever. I heard that rumor.
2: Is he a good guy or a bad guy?
0: Depends on which day of the week it
1: is. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) He's always (laughs) an asshole. That that much is. Consistent.
2: He's one of those "quote unquote" heroes.
0: Well, he's (laughs) think of it this way: he's very much a monarch who's in it for his for in anything and everything is in his best interest and his interest only.
2: His or his kingdoms.
0: Him, and so therefore it means his kingdom because he is his kingdom, and everybody Uh should love him and bow to him.
2: Well, he sounds like he's going to be a fun guy. Yep. Hmm. I hope Shuri gets to be Black Panther and like kicks his ass. That would be awesome.
1: <laughs> that would be you, awesome. Uh, you read <laughs> X Men this week, Ryan? Yes, I did. That was one of the best parts of the issue. Yeah. <laughs> <That's> his name or <laughs> right in it? Yes. So yeah, the this is this issue of X Men that came out uh, the week previous to this podcast coming out uh, is part of the Hellfire Gala. So the X Men have thrown a huge party. In the tradition of, like, you know, political maneuvering and stuff like that, part Mm -hmm. like Godfather and stuff like that. And they, Xavier and Magneto, go to talk to Namor about getting a seat on the council because historically, Namor is considered the first mutant in the Marvel Universe, in like the comic universe. He's a
2: mutant?
1: Yeah, because he has superpowers. Like, he was born with them, he has the the DX gene. Yeah, it's it's one of those things that they like they decide to shine lights on periodically, but it's not a constant thing. Like it's I like. I
2: thought oh, he yeah, was. Hey, a I thought he was like Aquaman, and he had his whole like underwater castle with other yes, like, submariners. He
1: is, but He's also a mutant, and that's actually okay. part of what plays to it. They're like, hey, uh, you, you know, we want you to have a seat on the council, and basically, Namor is like. Fuck you guys! I control seventy-five percent of this planet. You have what? An island? When you got something better to offer me, come a knocking and walks away from them. It's great. It's yeah. really well put together. Um, there's even an actor rumored for for Namor at the moment too. Oh, I didn't see that. Uh, Who? Would you read? I didn't
3: recognize it. Him. Oh. I saw it
1: too. Uh, da, da, da. Well, while Brent looks uh, that up Tanak ten, Tanak Herta uh, H-U-E-R-T-A I, If I'm mispronouncing that, I apologize um, I'm trying to see I don't recognize him at all from anything and and like all the stories that bring him up it's almost like somebody picked out a random actor's name and not like Pointing out the things that he's been in, which is a little weird. But uh he was yeah, on, He went all see Narcos. if I can make it on what?
3: Narcos, that um Netflix series about the oh, drug cartels.
1: Oh okay. Yeah, he's uh he's a Mexican actor, apparently. And apparently he might be Namor. We shall see.
0: Um, ooh, here you go. This one's for Brent. Donnie Yen has been cast opposite Keanu Reeves as John Wick's friend in John Wick Chapter Four.
1: Yeah, excuse me for in a minute. John Wick needs a friend. back from the mic. Fuck yeah, he has. <laughs> yeah, I, that's uh, kind of the reaction the I
0: expected Yen. when I read that.
1: <laughs> he he's just he's a he's a superb martial arts actor. Like, he is just so good. And unlike some of his contemporaries, he's always been able to kind of keep current with how he portrays martial arts in film. Like, he's the first one of the the Hong Kong actors to put in, like, MMA moves. Like, kind of realistic chokes and uh, arm bars and stuff like that into his films. So it's... And he's just... He's a great fight. Choreographer, uh, I like. He was one of the guys I was looking so forward to in Rogue One, and he delivered. Uh, mm-hmm. I I think should have had a couple more scenes in, where he kicked ass, but I I really thought he was good in that film. So I'm um, I'm happy to see him and uh, Keanu Reeves go toe to toe. Well,
0: they won't. They'll be working together because he's his friend. They're best yeah. friends. Of course they Ford. they
2: are. John Wick time. gets a friend. Yep,
0: that's not a dog
2: does he still have his dog
0: yep let's see he okay. did at the end of number three
2: he
0: mm-hmm. did at the end of three I believe
2: oh okay yes. I, can't, I think I watched that sure. one but I don't remember I, I think somebody's looking
1: after it yeah but the dog is still alive which is the more important thing the dog
3: is like the most important character in those films isn't he I, I haven't seen a John Wick movie.
0: Just just
2: the first
0: one. <laughs> no, it was not Great. this dog. That was the first dog. The first dog was really his driving motivation. Got
2: yeah. It. Honestly, it would have been my driving motivation, too. I can't blame John Wick for anything he did in the first movie.
0: <laughs> uh, so apparently, now we're going to be getting um, Spider-Woman. Jessica Drew's Spider-Woman, to be to be precise in uh, the next Into the Spider-Verse sequel. Uh, I had to hear that as well. Actor Issa Rae has, been, uh, has reportedly been cast. Cool. Yes, that is good. Yeah, no, I can't wait for the sequel to that movie. Love the first one. Yeah. It's just that the worst part about it is it takes so long to make that those movies. Hmm. Uh, uh, oh, two more. One more. Oh, it's three more, actually. Sorry. Uh, so here's the one that... Uh, well, and this one's for Kevin. Uh, reports that uh, Jamela Jamil has been cast in She Hulk as Titania.
3: I like that casting. Uh, I think that's you may very know good her casting. from
0: uh, A Good Place. That's the only thing you'd know her from. It's her only acting credit.
2: Uh, Is she
0: in just, The Good Place? She's a She hosts she a, a comedy show, too. Oh, she was Tahani. I love
1: Tahani. Oh. Okay, um, now okay, I'm on board with this. That is good casting. I like that.
2: I thought it was like that name sounds familiar. That's why.
1: Yeah, Tahani.
2: Yeah. Oh, she was so good in a good place. (laughs)
0: Um. Okay, two more. I'll throw this one at Kevin. Uh, Avengers Campus opened. Had its grand opening. What do we know? We know that on the
3: day it opened, which was last Friday as we record this, the line to get in was over a mile long and half the people who stood in that line didn't even get in. Jeez. Because uh, people started lining up at 2.30 in the morning, uh, but you had to use the app and book a reservation and the the app went live at seven. So even if you'd been standing in the line since 2.30, there was still a chance that you might have been slow on the trigger and not gotten a reservation time to go into oh. the, to the land. Oh, that sucks. Oh, no, I would have been... But it's also kind of their own fault for being stupid and standing in a line starting at 2.30 in the morning.
2: Yeah.
3: Yeah. Um, I think uh, reactions are kind of mixed because there's only one new attraction. It's the Spider-Man Web Slinger's Ride. And it's... It's being compared to the Spider-Man ride at Universal, which I hear is a better ride experience. Uh, but everything I've heard is that the land is so immersive and they learned from some mistakes that they made with um, Galaxy's Edge and didn't tie Avengers Campus to a specific time and place. Uh, apparently, if you look into the backstory and the lore of the land, Uh, It's uh, Tony Stark created the Avengers campuses so that Avengers from all time and space have a (laughs) place to congregate. there you go. This is why Tony Stark is there and Steve Rogers, Captain America and Sam Wilson, Captain America and Black Widow. They're all there because Avengers from all time and space can hang out there.
1: And if you look at the costumes, they they some of them aren't necessarily film specific. Like the right. Spider Man costume is like looks more or less like the movie one, but it has a lot of details that are different and it's probably not the one he's wearing in the next movie either, kind of thing. Right. So but that like that's understandable and cool. Like,
0: yeah. They're uh, using, the, they appear to be what? using that animatronic Spider-Man, they and are. launching him across the buildings. That so looks so cool.
3: Like, there's like a stunt show that goes on on top of the buildings. Yeah, Sp- there's Spider-Man climbs up the wall, and then runs behind something, and then he launches across the across the uh, uh. the sky and comes out the other side, uh, and that's how he makes his appearance at his meet and greets.
2: We watched uh, some YouTubers that, I guess, got invited to the press junket for it. And, like, they Mm -hmm. got, I guess, a sneak peek. And, uh, yeah, they showed all of the shows and stuff like that. And that part looks super cool. I I want the
1: Infinity Gauntlet cup holder. Yeah, that's pretty cool. (laughs) It lights up!
3: (laughs) I think, like, Galaxy's Edge, it's a place that you could spend an entire day and not do attractions and just find all kinds of cool details in the land.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. So uh, uh, in the coming years, I guess we need to save up to do a trip to California.
1: Unless Disney wants to ship us down. uh, We'll gladly go for free.
3: So they are building multiple Avengers campuses in in their resorts around the world. And each one will be slightly different. So, for example, at Hong Kong Disneyland, in their Tomorrowland, they don't have an Avengers campus yet. But they do have an Ant-Man and the Wasp ride uh, at at Hong Kong Disneyland. Oh, cool. in uh, Disneyland Paris, they're building an Avengers campus uh, at, at the, their second park at the Walt Disney Studios, and they've already turned their Aerosmith ro- roller coaster, that th- like the one they have in Florida, they've already turned that into an Iron Man ride.
1: Mm. So, which brings us to the the elephant in Disney's room. Uh, what's the loophole situation like in Florida?
3: We're getting Guardians of the Galaxy because those are some of the only characters that weren't covered by the Universal Contract. Mm -hmm. So at the moment, there is no loophole for other characters.
1: So could they do like a Defenders (laughs) <laughs> like, because I I imagine there's some of those B-level characters like Guardians of the Galaxy that are now being used that could show up at Disney, but maybe aren't exactly the Disney-friendliest of characters. Like so, Moon Knight, for instance. Like, uh, Moon Knight's a character that I can completely see Universal skipping on. I
3: think, so there is a giant mural. There are giant murals through Marvel um, Superhero Island at Islands of Adventure. Yeah. Eastern. Mm-hmm. And any character that appears on that is off limits to Disney. Oh,
1: okay. So,
3: um, so the Guardians of the Galaxy in this iteration weren't a thing in 1999 when that park was built. So basically, they could loophole it by putting in um, any characters that were created after 1999. So maybe you could get a Young Avengers campus. Squirrel with like with uh, I don't know, is Squirrel Girl a pre ninety nine character? I she's probably not at, at Islands. But you could get Squirrel Girl, and they uh, did not
2: see her anywhere at Islands. I would have seen her. <laughs>
3: America Chavez
2: and Miles Wicking. Yeah, they and could do the Marvel Rising uh, crew. Yeah, they, Miles they, they,
1: might be the hard one just because he's technically Spider Man. And it, yeah. it depends how that deal is written out. Like, there could be characters that we don't see at Universal that technically they have the rights to. But, like, and like the current Guardians are, a lot of them are old characters, just revamped.
3: But they weren't on the list. Like, there is a master list list of characters that Universal has.
1: It's the same way when you take a look at, like, the, the Fantastic Four film rights. And you look at all the characters that are roped into that and some of them are just like, oh, really, that's part of it. Mm -hmm. And then others are not like, you know, like Namor is a prime example of a character that for the longest time is like directly alongside Doctor Doom is one of the character in Galactus or one of the three characters I associate with the Fantastic Four that aren't part of that core character group of four characters right and but his rights were owned by universal for years and years and years
3: exactly
1: so like it, it's and sometimes it depends on the wording too like the yeah. might be one that they can use or it might be like depending on how it's written out all spider-man characters so, you know, like, like yeah. it would be like everybody who is tangentially attached to spider-man
3: so, so the universal contract says that those characters cannot be used in theme parks east of the Mississippi River.
1: Yeah.
0: Hmm. So Disney just has to redirect the Mississippi to go out and around Florida. So Florida <laughs> to the southwest of it. I would not put that past
3: that. I was going to say, don't give them ideas.
2: ideas.
0: They would. <laughs> They can redirect it so it feeds water right into the to the uh, the wildlife preserve part of Disney. They would so figure it's out like... a
2: way to make it mouth shaped, so it yeah. looks like yeah. a giant Mickey head. The
0: Mississippi River. Uh-huh.
3: There you go.
2: Mississippi. Mississippi. <laughs> <laughs> All right. oh. Next. Next.
0: Uh, okay, where was I? Is that one, two, three? Is this the last one? I think it is. Thank we got you. our first look. At the new at Masters of the Universe Revelations.
1: Yes, we did.
0: <laughs> it does look good.
3: Uh, it reminds
1: me a lot of the two thousand era series, which was really good. Like uh, it's not a bad comparison for me to make. No,
0: right. Uh, I thought the animation style, yeah, was really sharp. The colors were really like bright, and uh, the drawings they, it was just looked really well done. Uh, the action that we see looks good. There's magic. There's fighting.
2: Yay, sorceress.
0: You make Orko look badass. Yes, I it did. I love
2: Orko. He's one of my favorites.
0: Oh, yeah. But come on. To make him look actually badass. That's impressive.
3: <laughs> yeah, that was impressive.
1: I uh, The other thing with it I liked and I've been, like, I noticed some. I can't wait for uh, Pixel Dan to do a breakdown of it. Is the amount of toys and I vehicles. The same the <laughs> I was thinking
2: the same thing. I was thinking the same thing.
1: That they managed He pointed out one that I, like, had kind of completely forgotten. It was from an accessory pack called the Mega Laser. <laughs> that, that, like, we see Man at Arms use it in the trailer. But it's from, like... I I think it was an accessory pack, and then it was like in one of like the golden books, you know. <laughs> wow! <laughs> and they they dug deep and pulled deep it out. Cuts. We well, saw like a bunch of road
0: wars <inaudible> in there. Well, I like seeing the uh, the tank with the big uh, the 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 red vehicle with the big like metal ball on its arm that just yeah. bashes over. Because I had that one as a kid. <sighs> And it doesn't make any sense as a real vehicle you know, to be attacking people with in like any kind of you know, in any yeah, most scenario. Of,
2: most of the he man, uh, any sense as vehicles or weapons.
1: No. That <laughs> dragon walker is yeah. probably the worst. The, the <laughs> one like it just like slowly <laughs> circles its feet around, basically. <laughs> yeah, but uh, it, it looks cool. I'm curious to see. How it turns out, and Mark Hamill as Skeletor is, is pretty good. I just hope it leans away from from Jokerville.
2: You know yeah. what? I forgot that Mark Hamill was Skeletor until he laughed, and then I'm like, "That sounds like Joker." Oh, right, Mark Hamill is the voice. That's, yeah. Now I'm
0: interested uh, in in what it's going to be, like how it's going to be broken down, because they keep mm-hmm. saying part one comes out in July. Mm-hmm. What does part one mean? Is that, like, part one I as assume- in, like, eight episodes? Uh, is part one, is it like, just going to be, like, one 90-minute movie?
1: No, um, I, think it, I think it's uh, probably just, like, a, a certain amount of episodes.
3: That's what and I then, assumed, like, she like Shira.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Now, will we be getting it, you know, the standard Netflix way of everything at once, or will it be parsed, pieced out weekly? Uh, they did announce an after show to be hosted by Kevin Smith. Oh, but, but they have made after shows for other stuff. Like they had that one; it was a it was hosted by David Spade, I think, for a while. That came out, and it was like you know they did it briefly with uh, the last season of uh, Stranger Things. So when you finish the season, then there's like this one like after show.
2: Oh, to kind of okay. Talk and wrap the uh, whole
0: season up, not after every episode type after yeah. show. Yeah. yeah. We we shall
1: see come July, I guess.
3: Yep. I, I think Netflix needs to get off the, the the binge train. I think I think people are more appreciative these days of the weekly drop. And it creates more buzz for your show. Like people are gonna be talking about Loki for the next six weeks, but are we already over Sweet Tooth because all
2: eight episodes dropped last week? I Maybe. totally forgot about that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Yep, I think the tough thing, though, is that the Netflix audience is used to dropping it all at once. Well, they yeah. can
3: wait the six or eight weeks, and then they can binge it once it's all, once it's all but aired.
0: Both, I, but that's the problem. They may drop their subscription for the eight to six weeks, re, re-up for one month,
1: watch it I all at once and risk. drop it again you also but. run so here's an interesting thing that I don't know has occurred before we, um, we got news this week that Jupiter's legacy has been canceled yeah. it's getting the one season and that's it um, I had started watching it with Jen now that it's canceled I also I'm almost like do I bother watching the rest of it like yeah. I've watched two episodes do I bother? putting more time into a show that i know isn't going anywhere after this
2: i'm not gonna bother i didn't really like the one episode or two episodes that we watched Mm. like it was
1: okay but it didn't really grab me that much and especially now that i'm like oh this is this is gonna be it and that eh, uh, i might not even bother and like i this is the first show that's happened to me with that but i'm sure Mm -hmm won't be the last right yeah. so like there's a and i'm sure i'm not alone like there's probably a bunch of people who are like oh i was gonna check it out but and now i don't know if i want to put the time into it and loki just showed up on disney plus mm-hmm.
2: and yeah, maybe i'll go watch
1: that instead
2: yeah pretty much but i mean you kind of appreciate it i'm a little appreciative of of that uh, knowing in advance if something's going to Continue or not and knowing how it, Like if it's going to end in a way that Wraps it up because I don't Have all the time in the world to watch all these Millions of shows yeah. so really If somebody's going to tell me Okay it's only one season but the ending wraps Everything up nicely and it's still worth watching Okay I'll watch it but if they're going to say Yeah it's one season I've got cancelled prematurely It kind of just leaves everything hanging I'm not Going to bother so it's kind of mm-hmm. nice to know Which way it's going yeah. I get
1: that All right. Anything else there, Ryan? No, that's it for me. Okay. I got one that just popped up on my radar that I'm not sure if Jen is going to like or if she's going to groan. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. So DC has announced that in September, through their black label, which is like kind of non-continuity stories. It's Vertigo. well no not quite because they use a lot of superheroes in it and here's the case of it we're getting batman versus bigby a wolf in gotham batman crossing over with that
2: what oh my god
1: yep bigby wolf is showing up in gotham for some reason it's going to be six Mm -hmm. issues is it's it going written. to be written
0: by Bill Willingham?
1: Yes, yes, it is. That's. It.
0: I have no idea who this character is and why this matters.
2: Oh, yeah, the big Fable. bad I read wolf!
0: All 150 issues of Fables. I love
2: yeah. that book. It's really good. I don't he's, know if I read all of it or not, but I have a good chunk of it.
3: He's literally. It went downhill after the the war with the adversary.
2: Yeah, I got that far.
3: Big B sure. is literally the big bad wolf.
2: Yeah.
1: And he's oh, married okay. to Snow White. Yeah. Now, he's it's one of those 50%. things that, like, I don't think it's a bad idea. If if Bill Wingham w- w- Willingham wasn't involved, I would say, like, garbage. Like, just don't yeah. even
3: bother. Yeah, don't bother. But
1: if he's involved, and he's stayed away from the Fables universe now for a couple of years. Like, when did it end 2015? So it, it's been a while. Been a while, yeah. And I'm sure DC has tried to throw a couple things his way where he's probably turned down this must be something he kind of wants to do because the other thing about uh, William that I've always thought was smart and interesting is I believe he works at the US post office even though while he was writing fables and a couple other comics on like a regular basis he continued to keep his job there because of the the benefits and pension I don't
2: blame Mm. him
1: which is a lot of a lot of comic creators don't end up getting, especially at the end of the day. So it it's to me it's gotta I don't see him doing it for the money. He's gotta have a story behind it. Whether it's a story I would enjoy, I'm not sure.
2: The my groan isn't because of, of Big B and interacting with the with DC characters. I think that's cool. My groan is because it's gotta be freaking Batman oh i hate i'm so sick of batman <laughs> why is every single thing batman
1: because batman is money
2: oh i'm so i'm <laughs> sick to death of batman yeah
1: well no there other... is a, there is a reason why McFarlane's dc toy line is very heavily batman is because like, okay. it makes money
2: so I got that that drowned figure which it looked to me like Batgirl cuz it was a, it's a woman and that's like it's kind of cool and it just was called the drowned so I didn't know until I got the card and I'm like it's fucking Batman. <laughs> but I still like it. I just pretend it's Batgirl. Oh, I hate Batman <laughs> so much.
3: Well, I'm looking at the IGN story about this and apparently this is a story Bill Willingham's wanted to tell since the very first year of fables.
1: So oh,
2: interesting. You could,
1: there are ways to do these crossovers where they work really well. Um, one of the ones that comes directly to mind is Planetary. The Planetary you, Batman crossover is one of the yeah. best, like, looks at Batman inside the comic book universe, but outside the Batman universe.
3: You missed part of this story, Brent. Which Once is? Batman Big B wraps up in 2022, DC will revive the monthly Fables comic for a new 12-issue storyline written by Willingham and drawn by Mark Buckingham, who drew 90% of the entire oh, the, run. The, version,
1: the article that I've got doesn't have that in there.
3: The series because... will pick up right where it left off in 2015's Fables 150, with Fables 151 beginning a new story arc called The Black Forest.
1: And apparently, he's also doing a forty-eight-page Justice League one-shot called Curse Mass, (laughs) which I am kind of curious at because I kind of like the title.
2: I guess I got to reread Fable. Did you know there was this another sequel
3: to Fables called Ever After from the Pages of Fables?
2: Is that the one about Jack? It was
1: more of a spinoff, wasn't it?
3: I'm looking. No, there was Jack of Fables as well. Yeah, this was a 2016. Title and uh, yeah,
2: it's got both
3: Peter and Hansel in an MI6 like spy agency.
2: You know what? I liked the episode, I liked the parts of Fable that had Cinderella as the spy. I love Cinderella and Aladdin, was it? Oh, it's been such a long Mm -hmm. time since I read it, but Mm -hmm. I love those little like, like those are they're perfectly suited, like their (sighs) characters, the way they did it. It was kind of awesome.
3: Yeah, no, it was a really smart book. Was it Aladdin Mm -hmm. or was it Sinbad? Sinbad Sinbad. was a character in it too, I remember. When when they revealed who the adversary was, which I won't reveal in case any of our listeners want to read Fables, which I highly recommend. Yeah, yeah, because that
1: reveal is just great.
2: Uh, It was awesome. It was so good. (laughs)
3: And it made sense. Totally. Totally made sense.
1: Oh my gosh, I miss Fables.
2: Okay, now i got to reread those. How many books do we have, Brent? <laughs>
1: um, <laughs> I think you ended up getting a majority of it, because remember we had that big find at that uh, Goodwill?
2: Yeah, we got a chunk of them in Goodwill. For, oh, uh, nice. Cheap. Oh, oh, speaking of
1: Vertigo, did anybody else see the trailer for, well, the behind-the-scenes trailer for Sandman? I I heard about it, but I didn't actually see it. Uh, it it's, it doesn't say a lot. It shows the actors talking like out of character and stuff, and it's Neil Gaiman touring the props department and the set, but the mainly the set of uh, the the Burgess House where Sandman is kept, like when he's captured. But when he first walks in on it, it's great because like it, it to me it I I genuinely. Take Neil Gaiman as a Genuine person
3: mm-hmm. he,
1: When he loves something and we talks About stuff he really Comes off as honest and and When it comes to Sandman he has Kind of protected this character against Really shitty versions of the Of it coming mm-hmm. out for Years because he does have like A bit of a say when it comes To the character but You see him walk on set and the First thing he says is holy shit and yeah. he just sort of starts like laughing a little bit, like in a good way of like he can't believe what yeah. he's seeing. So, yeah,
2: and he's being very protective and defensive because obviously you get the trolls who are like, Why did you cast this person? And it's not going to be any good. And why did you sell out? And I've been seeing some of the reply. Like, he's replying to some of these people, uh, defending his choices and what, and, and, uh, you know, how he's like Brent said, he's spent years saying no. To Mm -hmm. different adaptations or interpretations because he didn't feel like they were, I guess, good enough. And he finally feels like there's one that he that is good enough for for it to be made. So it's like this is like his baby that he's protecting, which is kind of gives me a lot of high hopes, especially seeing how good how well Good Omens turned out. Like Mm. Good Omens is fantastic. And, and so he I have helped pepper
1: that along. So Yeah,
2: so I have really high hopes for this, and I'm very excited. I also have to reread that. <laughs>
1: Speaking of series... I, I
3: just found one more piece of breaking oh.
1: news here
3: uh, as I was looking up other things, including the Fables news. Um, there was a production meeting today, perhaps the very first production meeting, for Aquaman 2. And the director, James Wan, posted a photo to his Instagram, which shows us the title of said film. It will not just be called Aquaman 2. It is titled Aquaman
2: and the Lost completely.
3: Kingdom.
0: And the Last Kingdom. Huh? The Lost Kingdom. Oh.
3: Aquaman I thought his
2: kingdom was, was lost. already lost.
0: I thought he found it in the last movie. In the world of Aquaman.
3: Man, there are seven kingdoms, each of which fragmented from a Atl- Atlantis. Only six have been shown to this point, making the missing kingdom a matter of speculation.
2: Oh. Mm. Wow. They showed six kingdoms in the last movie.
3: It's <laughs> been a long time since I've seen Aquaman, so
2: yeah. Well, you see, his
0: brother, his brother goes to a couple of them and rec- to recruit his army. Yeah, and honestly,
2: then- I, I I did not watch that movie for the plot.
0: Uh, and this article, again, this is from IGN
3: says, we, we know that Aquaman 2 will draw inspiration from Silver Age Black Manta comics, and it will feature a little bit of horror. Juan also says that it will be a little bit more serious, a little bit more relevant in the world we are living in today.
1: Hmm. That's not what I want. <laughs> I don't want serious DC anymore. We got that. It was called the Snyder Cut. It was six hours long. But if it's also based on Silver (laughs) Age Black
3: Manta comics, it can't be that serious. Well,
1: true, I suppose.
2: So. Yeah. Well, if you want dark and gritty, you go to DC. If you want funny and slightly more lighthearted, you go to Marvel. That's been my experience.
1: No, so far you are kind of right. Except for Shazam. Shazam was Except pretty for
2: light-hearted. Shazam, yeah.
3: yeah. Birds of Prey was pretty lighthearted.
2: Oh,
1: uh, yeah, that's true. And the, the the next Suicide Squad movie.
3: I can't wait for that.
1: <laughs> I was uh when I appeared on News Talk, it's weird because the segment hasn't aired yet as we're recording this, but after our episode comes out, it will have already been like on air. So It's like it's both In my future and in my past. (laughs) Mm. But... Mm. but, Mm. but, uh, Mm. Yeah, but uh, Jason, our good friend Jason Agnew and I talked about it. And he, like, he hasn't really dug the DC movies at all. He's really, other than, like, the the first Wonder Woman he likes. And, like, why can't you? (laughs) Because it's awesome. Um, But... He is super excited for what he's seen out of the trailers for the Suicide Squad. He yeah. thinks it's right up his alley because it's going to be a little bit more comedic. And as he pointed out, and it's something that I didn't even think about, he's really looking forward to seeing what the soundtrack to that film is. Oh, yeah. 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 So
3: So that's all the news I have. If we'd like to move on to our feature topic now, please continue. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, that one segue's busted, but we're gonna talk about Loki, which is uh, available on Disney Plus, dropping on Wednesdays this time, as opposed to the other Disney Plus shows. I guess so. It won't run into uh, problems with uh, the Bad Batch, which pops up on Fridays right now, um, and also gives Disney Plus a little bit more domination over your week. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, let's start with Ryan What did you think of the first episode?
0: Uh, very informative Lots oh. of setup It hmm. is very much a setup Lots of easter eggs So cool moments of time uh, We got one question answered right off the bat The you know, If Loki is being arrested for interfering in time Well what about the Avengers? They've done a whole time heist Yeah but well, they were supposed to. They were supposed to. So <laughs> there you go. They
2: didn't screw up the main timeline because they put everything back where it was supposed to be. See, mm-hmm. the whole thing with the with the time police is that they don't want anything to go away from the main timeline.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but what they were supposed yeah, so what they did was supposed to happen. hmm yeah. That's funny. Um Uh no, I, I, I enjoyed it and uh now I guess we're gonna if we're gonna get into spoilers right away.
1: Okay, spoiler alert for episode one of Loki. Uh Yeah okay, you've been warned. Now nah, it's your own fault. There we go. We're good. It's only fitting
0: that you have to recruit Loki to hunt down Loki.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Ooh. I wonder which version of Loki, like what when in time will this variant be from?
1: Well, let me just
0: say that I don't think the Loki that we've seen in episode
3: one will be that effective at tracking her down.
1: Uh, Oh, you think it's a her? You think that's why we didn't see that? Was my going to be my thing is like, I'm curious because we don't, at the end of the episode, we see the evil Loki in silhouette. We don't actually see the physical... Appearance of that Loki So I was kind of curious which version of it yeah. Of Loki it is Or what had gone awry there
2: I was kind of hoping it was going to be Lady Loki
1: It still <laughs> could be Like yeah. like you you and uh, Kevin Might be completely right on that one One
3: I don't of the reasons people, I, I say that Is because there was an actress Who was announced as being in the series and we've never found out who she's playing. Mm. And she's a British actress with the same sort of skin tone and hair color as Tom Hiddleston.
1: And they have said from the get-go that we will see multiple versions of Loki in this show.
3: We and already they, have.
1: Yeah. like I, I want to say that the, I don't know if they confirmed it, but it did seem strongly hinted at that kid Loki does appear at some point as well. hmm um, I, I two things I really liked uh, the fact that Loki is D B Cooper. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. And it was all because you, thought he, that he was a bet with
0: Thor. Yeah.
2: yeah,
1: And it explains it right. Like yeah. it's a, it's a pretty good way of explaining that story. Um, the other thing I was a little surprised at is like I had kind of guessed from the get go when as soon as we see him. Uh, Owen Wilson's character, uh, Mor Mobius. Yep. Yeah. Uh, tr- that he's tracking down someone who's murdering his team, and like, wo- and like there were stab marks on them or something. Like it mentioned that like w- that the team had been stabbed to death or something. I'm like, oh, okay, so Loki's been hired to go after another Loki. But I was surprised that they revealed that was the plot point in the first episode. I really kind of thought they were going to drag that out more, but it like and to be honest, it's kind of refreshing for the show for a show to go. Okay, we know you're not dumb, but we're going to make it really interesting for you, and here's here's the main plot point right off the bat.
0: Well, maybe and maybe they're doing this because they're going to do uh, we're going to get a little flip flop switch where right now we're kind of supposed to be on you know team um on board with the time people and loki versus the loki that's killing people mm. maybe we're gonna find out hey that loki actually has the right idea maybe it's that loki kills them and then starts the time bureau
2: <laughs> it could be that <laughs> evil Loki's gonna recruit quote-unquote good loki the loki that we are following uh and then the two loki's go after each other or go at it after the time bureau that
3: yeah. would be fun <laughs> There could be somebody pulling strings too yep. Probably And A third Loki uh, Or
2: bigger than that <laughs>
3: uh, my, Mephisto No, no, no the, the, the director has demon. gone on record Saying that that red faced demon That we saw in the church stained glass <laughs> Is not Mephisto Or is he, Mr. Yeah. And it had It had the curvy horns It's Loki I think it's Loki, but, uh, there are hints and I know this is a long shot, so I'm not saying this is where my money lies, but there are hints that Kang could be involved.
1: Oh, uh, I, if he shows up before the end of the series, I will not be surprised one bit.
3: Especially because his girlfriend is the judge.
1: Oh, is that who? That's Kang's girlfriend?
3: Ravana. Yes. Oh, she was rescued from the time stream by Kang.
2: What? We don't know this yet, though, do we? In the comics, she was. Okay. And okay, I, I was like, did I after... miss this completely? <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, and, and something like that could happen actually after the series and not necessarily before yeah. to get her to this point. But I don't know. Since they've announced Tang as being a big part of Ant-Man and Wasp, I don't know if they would inter- have him show up here first.
3: Okay, we started
0: seeing Thanos
3: years before he fought the Avengers.
0: Yeah. Yeah, but they also didn't uh, say Thanos is going to show up in this movie that's coming out in three months and then have him show up before that.
3: Yeah. It's just some speculation on my part. Oh,
2: no, for sure. Because I
3: love me some Kang.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I was just thinking, I like that they figured out a way to reintroduce loki into the current timeline with the current avengers where they are now um without him like he's fully caught up because he basically watched his whole life Mm -hmm. which was very sad and very touching and i really enjoyed that part because it really brought you back up from it transformed him almost instantly into the loki that we had at when thanos kills him you know the more kind-hearted Going along with it, Loki, as opposed to the villainous Loki that he was in 2012. Or so when he got uh, arrested. Yeah, yeah. So I like that they caught him up pretty quickly, even though he's not exactly that Loki still. He's, so I like that they're still kind of making that differentiation. That it's like, yes, all that he saw that whole life happened to him, but it didn't. He didn't experience it. Yeah. So. Yeah, well, it
1: still affected him too. So it, it
2: exactly. Is- And seeing his mom die, I was like, "Maw more Loki.
3: (laughs) Uh, I really enjoyed this. (laughs) My one fear, and I hope this, I I hope it's not all more set up for Doctor Strange 2. Um, We're talking multiverses here again and timelines, and uh, because it just, it's making me think that Doctor Strange 2 is like the most important film coming out in the next year when it comes to the MCU. And uh, I want this to have a, a self-contained storyline that that's not just set up for what comes next. I mean and so could... far, you know, with I mean WandaVision does, you know, have an ending but it, it sets up Doctor Strange 2 and Falcon and Winter Soldier did have an ending but it sets up things for future for Captain America 4. But uh, yeah, uh, Doctor Strange 2 better pay off in a pretty big way after what's so, been going on.
2: I don't think it's pay it's it's going to be just all about Doctor Strange 2 because they've also got the Ant-Man and Wasp Quantumania, but I think like the next big Avengers style movie that they have is going to be uh the payoff from WandaVision, from Loki, from all from the TV shows and from Doctor Strange 2 and Ant-Man and Wasp uh, Quantumania. I think all of those movies are going to kind of merge into one, like lead up to one big movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I have no idea what the plot of that could possibly be because now we are way far away from anything I know about Marvel because I did not read any of the comics. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I don't know who any of these people are or I don't know about Kang. I don't know about any other bad guys. It's like I'm just in it for the ride. I hear you. <laughs> So I've been slowly re-watching far from home.
3: okay uh,
0: on my lunch breaks. And right off the start of that movie, they say that that movie takes place a year after the blip. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so that's they've, after they've, so they've the had event. a whole school year, so it's after, yeah, it's after division. it's after Cap, uh, Captain America or you know, Winter Falcon Winter Soldier. Uh, this one doesn't count because it's out of time, it's all over the place. But in Spider Man, when Nick Fury first recruits him and he goes and he meets everybody, he's kind of like. You know, hey, I'm just a friend of the neighborhood Spider Man that's kind of out of my league, and he's like, you know, called bullshit on him, and says, you know, hey, you went to space. Uh, but he's like, well, where's, why don't you get a hold of uh, Doctor Strange? And he's like, he's unavailable. Well, where's Thor? He's off world. Um, and uh, then you know, says, well, what about Captain Marvel? And they, you know, the whole don't invoke her name. So it's like, I wonder, because now all the speculation is, you know, with, of, you know, Spider Man 3 is going to be a whole possible involving the multiverse, and Doctor Strange is supposed to be in that movie. When, like, how much, I guess, is there going to be that much of a time jump between the end of WandaVision and Doctor Strange 2? Like, will it be because yeah. if, if Doctor Strange 2 takes place technically after, well, takes place after Spider Man 3 and depending on when spider-man 3 technically takes place, like, does it pick up right after spider-man 2? So it's still only one year one year later or is there some time that's passed there too? How is I mean, everything going to fit together?
2: I was kind of assuming that the next spider-man was going to pick up right where the previous one picked off picked up pick, left off yeah. blah 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 dealing with just because of the way, just because of the way it ended, right? Yeah. You can't suddenly have a time jump and be like, oh yeah, you know, the world's known that Peter Parker's Spider-Man for the past three years, but they haven't done anything about it. That doesn't make any
0: sense. Wow, we sure put that genie back in the bottle, didn't we, Daredevil, by dressing up as (laughs) (laughs) Spider-Man? And remember that Doctor Strange is in Spider-Man. Exactly, and that's what I'm saying, yeah. so
2: Yeah, I guess we'll just have to see how they... I mean, I'm sure that they have a whole... I'm sure they know they probably have a big
0: timeline drawn on the wall in one of their you know big offices at Marvel Studios but
2: (laughs) it looks like that room in Detective Pikachu where there's just yarn going everywhere exactly coffee cups (laughs) I gotta watch that movie again it's been a while I yeah. want
3: to um, talk about the uh, the great acting of Tom Hiddleston and Owen Wilson. I think those two make a great. It's a it's going to be a really great buddy cop kind of thing. Yeah, um, for
0: a whoa! Or <laughs> waiting I waiting know uh, the Owen Wilsonisms to come out.
3: I, you know that character that he's playing is from the comics, um, and he's I've, actually. He's I actually, thought it
1: was, but I yeah. wasn't sure, and I hadn't had a chance to really look he, it up yet. He first appeared in,
3: I th- I think, either an old Thor, issue of Thor, or Fantastic Four. I think he's like a Simonson creation. But the uh, the uh, the physical appearance of the character is actually based on uh, the late Marvel Comics writer, Mark Grunewald.
0: What was the character's role in the comics? Like, was he still like... Time uh, variant... Time- Bureau yeah, the time guy. variant authority.
3: Uh, he's a um, case manager.
0: So the time variant authority was a thing in the comics. Does it's not it's, see. I've never heard of it before. So I assumed it was
1: just a new for for TV thing. Nope, nope, no, no. Nope. Okay. It, it's been around for a little while, but it's also one of those things that like Marvel doesn't really use. No.
2: I have to to get into uh, the whole look of the time variation offices I love it. all like what 70s 60s 70s everything very modern very techno- technologically advanced but also very retro yeah. like i love the colors they used i love the little animation that they had with miss miss minute to figure out to explain what was happening But at the same time, and I love like all of the like desk jobs. It's like because magic doesn't work there. So they're like, oh, yeah, we've got so many of these infinity stones. Guys are just using them as paperweights. I love (laughs) that. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. (laughs) I just love the whole bureaucracy of it. I think that it's it's hilarious how they did it. And that that was the era that they chose to put it in. Maybe it has something to do with the comics. I don't know. But I just love the whole aesthetic. I thought it was it's really well done.
1: Okay, so uh, Mobius M. Mobius, who, which is Owen Wilson's character, uh, was first appeared in Fantastic Four 353 in 1991, created by Tom DeFalco and Mark Grunewald. So the, the making him kind of look like Mark Grunewald sort of makes sense.
3: Yeah. I, and Grunewald was one of my favorite Marvel creators of that time period. He did all his the run, Captain America stuff.
1: His and, run on Captain America was so good and needs to be like, and it it really influenced that uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier series. But it, yeah. I I really wish some of that stuff would be more easily found in print. Yeah, <laughs> I had a I, I was discussing with some people online is the the one thing DC has over Marvel. Is that anytime there is a DC film out, you have no problem getting a hold of the comic book that inspired it.
3: Not, <laughs> no, not a true. one.
1: Whereas Marvel, like Marvel, just announced they're putting uh, the Truth, which is the um, the the basis for the Black Captain America story, yeah. in Falcon Winter Soldier, they're just putting it back into print like in a couple months
2: yeah like, they should probably get on top of that if they know that a story influenced something that's going to be in a TV show they probably should get on getting that ready for print ahead of time
1: yeah and but Marvel has also always been of the opinion for like since x-Men that the the movies and TV shows don't affect sales and I guess that means they just don't care about putting that stuff into print right but like like i wanted like i wanted Jen to read that truth series because it's pretty good i'm not a huge fan of the art style in it but the story is really good but like i went on amazon and it wasn't available and asked at my local comic shop and it's out of print and like that's kind of sucks yeah <laughs> um so overall i i think first episode a lot of building Mm-hmm. A lot of world building. Yep. Um, yeah. But I take it by our reactions. We're all pretty intrigued by it. Oh yeah.
2: I'm really looking forward to the next episode. Yep. Like I was, I was really excited about Wandavision. Um, and I was not as excited, and I, I enjoyed Cat Winter, Sol- uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, but I wasn't as excited about it as I was for Wandavision. Um. We've already talked about that in previous episodes of about how I prefer magic over yeah. uh, military. But this one is another one that I'm super looking forward to because Loki is more of the magic and mythology side of the Marvel Universe. And I kind of like it when they jump around in time. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm super looking forward to more about this. Like, there's so many things that can happen and that they can do. Like, they have really very little limitations on what they can do because they have the whole, oh, we can just erase time and fix that timeline and, you know, whoop, everything's uh, golden again. <laughs> I
3: love the time looper as a weapon. Yeah.
2: yeah, <laughs> that was awesome. And non
1: lethal at that. Right. Like
2: it <laughs> I love that he threw the chair and then he looped and landed on the floor. No one Wilson is like, sorry, it just loops you, not the furniture. <laughs> Yeah, it was good. See, like there's so many little things like that, that it's it's good for like little tiny bits of humor, and I love that.
1: Yep. Agreed. So, um, that brings us to the end of this episode. We will keep on top of uh the Loki series as it continues. But until then, we have geek picks. Who wants to go first? Who wants oh, to go first? first?
0: All right, I will. Uh, so I was looking for new shows to watch, and I found one. I have fallen in to the Superstore hole.
2: Oh, oh yeah, we fell in that hole too. It's amazing.
0: It's a great <laughs> little comedy series. You know, half hour episodes. I don't know how many seasons are on Netflix. I just started uh, season three tonight. Uh, That's great. If you ever worked in retail or in that kind of (laughs) environment, then you can, you you know, in any kind of capacity, whether it's at like a superstore, grocery store, anything like that, then you can totally understand the show, what the characters are going through and what they deal with. Dealt
2: with with the public. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) Basically. Uh, So
0: funny. Yeah, I enjoyed the characters. Even you know, yeah, it's funny.
2: You're even watch ahead it. of us because we're still on season
0: two. Oh. Well, I've been I've been watching a bunch of episodes a night lately because it's well, it's hot out, and there's nothing new on, so it's kind yeah. of just like I put Netflix on, I watch two or three episodes, and then I and watch it, something else, and I haven't and finished it, Sweet Tooth yet either. So
2: it's such an easy show to yeah. watch. Then go, okay, just one more episode. Okay, well, just exactly. one more episode. Okay,
0: and, just one more episode. You don't have to pay. <laughs> Attention too hard either
2: yeah you can a good like watch show.
0: it and kind of be half asleep watching it and still enjoy it and have a good laugh and if you doze off you didn't really miss anything because well not much really influences episode to episode
2: yeah there's a Although
0: few I, overarching stories but that's about it
2: i love the little in between the scenes where they have, you get a yes. glimpse of what the customers are up to in the oh, store yeah and it's it's hilarious
0: it's i've so seen hilarious. some of the, the so guy true. taking a poop on the toilet in the middle of the store
2: my god uh, it's so true all of that stuff i'm sure happens happened to the writers in real life mm-hmm.
0: the, and i saw the one i don't know if you've seen it where's the kid driving around in one of those like power wheels and then there's <laughs> an and then an adult comes driving him. up in, in one and like Push, you know, like nudges him and push you know, nudges his car into like a display, <laughs> and the display like falls on on onto yeah. the kid. He drives away, and then there's another you. one where they, there's a kid drives up to like a little boy in one. He drives up and the little, like a little girl, and he looks, he looks at her, and she looks at him, and then, and then they get into, you know, they, the the little girl kind of looks at the camera too because you can tell they don't know they're they, don't, they, don't, they don't actors, and then gets into the car, and they, they they drive away. It's like oh my god.
2: Oh, so so many moments. Like those are the moments for all the people who work in retail, who are probably like, "Yep, that's happened in my store." (laughs)
1: Yeah, Yeah. I I feel I kind of feel bad for people who work at Walmart that watch that show.
2: It might be triggering. Probably just like
1: PTSD. Like it's probably not as funny to them as it is to us. And Mm -hmm. the announcements the the guy makes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh,
2: great. Yeah, I've been meaning to ask Karina if she's watched the show because she did several years in retail, uh, mostly women's clothing. But I'm sure that she can relate to a lot of those stories that have come up. And I really want to hear her take on it. (laughs) Uh, Good pick.
1: Mm Mm-hmm.
3: I guess I'll go next. Sure. I... (laughs) So I, I listen to a lot of podcasts from the incomparable podcast network. So I'm subscribed to their like mega feed, and I get all of their shows come into my into my feed. And uh, one of the shows that they've started recently was a, an episode by episode recap of a show that I think I mentioned uh, last year, last fall, Ted Lasso on Apple TV Plus. And just listening to them talk about it made me want to rewatch it. So I did. I've started rewatching. I'm caught up to where this podcast is. And I got to tell you, it really is probably my favorite show of the last year. So I'm going to make it my geek pick again, even though I'm sure I made it my geek pick last (laughs) year. But Ted Lasso, if you haven't seen it, um, it's just really good. A fish out of water, American football coach hired to coach a British football team uh because the woman who now owns the team wants the team to fail because it's the only thing her spiteful ex-husband really ever loved and (laughs) uh it sounds like oh i don't like sports i'm not a sports guy doesn't matter the show's the backdrop is the soccer team but the show's not about sports it's about people it's about people being nice to each other it's about you know thinking about other people before thinking about yourself and it's really and it's really funny it it was created by Bill Lawrence who um who made Scrubs and Cougar Town it stars Jason Sudeikis and a lot of British actors that you will recognize because they've been on Game of Thrones or Downton Abbey and uh it's just really good and heartwarming and it makes me laugh and it makes me tear up it's it's heartfelt and the reason that the podcast is starting now is because uh with the way it's whether this podcast is being released and let me just see if i can remember what the show is actually called uh it uh by the time we get to the end of season one season two will drop on um apple tv so uh that is that is um my geek pick because i just i just love i love ted lasso so much it's really good i'd heard a lot of people talk about it and i finally broke down and watched it and it's, it's just good oh the show is called football is life that's the name of the podcast um but uh yeah is ted it Lasso on please please it's on apple tv plus is it only if, on apple tv plus yeah, if you have bought an Apple device in the last year, you have Apple TV Plus and you didn't know it. Um, everybody got a free year of Apple TV Plus when they bought an iPhone or a or an iPad or a, a computer. So, uh, yeah, yeah, unfortunately, that's the streaming service it's on. It's Apple. It's a little harder to find uh but uh well well worth it you know i I think an apple subscription is only five dollars a month so if you want something good you can binge the first season of ted lasso in a day i did i watched almost all the first season uh, last year just soaking up the the niceness it's a nice show that's also really well written and very funny
2: awesome So, my turn? Yep. I just finished listening to an audiobook. Um, I don't know when it came out. I think it was 2019. uh, Called A Thousand Ships by Natalie Haynes. Uh, The audiobook I listened to was read by the author, uh, Natalie Haynes. And it was very... She did a really good job. But this book is about the uh, the epic Greek uh, poems... Uh, the Iliad and the Odyssey, but every part of the story is told from the perspective of the women who are involved in those, in those poems. So obviously if you've ever read the Iliad and the Odyssey, you know that women are mentioned, but they don't really have a voice. It's all very centered on the men. And this tells the story from the perspective of the women. So you hear about, um, The royal family of Troy, who obviously, spoiler if you've never heard of the Trojan War, um, their city gets destroyed. Uh, All of the males in the family die except for one. And all of the women are enslaved or killed. So you hear about Queen Hecuba or Hecubae, however you want to pronounce it, and her coming to grips with the death of all of her sons because she had a lot of children. And the death of her husband and then her sister her daughters-in-law and her daughters being divided up and sent away with all these different greeks um you hear about the goddesses uh from their point of view for the the golden apple that sparked the trojan war so you hear about athene and hera and aphrodite from their point of view when they're fighting over the golden apple and they make paris pick who is the most beautiful and that's what basically causes the trojan war uh, you hear about Helen, who was the actual cause, so they say. but you also hear about Penelope, who is uh, Odysseus's wife um, and you hear about some of the lesser-known characters who were the wives and of the uh, of the heroes who died at Troy. Um, it, it is just it is really wonderfully written. every chapter is a different voice and they come back to some of the main ones like Penelope um, and it's not really told in a very um, straightforward way. So it kind of bounces around a little bit, but her retelling of uh, Cassandra, who, is the, who was cursed with prophecy, um, she was <laughs> cursed because she all, she can see the future, but she is cursed by Apollo so that nobody ever believes her. So she can. She warned everybody in Troy, but nobody believed her. She knew where her what her fate was going to be, and the way that they that Natalie Hayes tells her story was like almost brought me to tears because she finally ends up meeting somebody who believes her in the end, and it's right before she dies. (laughs) So it is wonderfully, wonderfully written. And I just see that she did another novel in 2017 called The Children of Jocasta, which is based on. Uh, oedipus rex and i need to go find that now and um see if it is as good as her other book so yeah so this one's called a thousand ships i highly recommend it uh especially if you have any interest at all in greek mythology or or greek history Um, and if you don't you should listen to it anyway because you don't need to have that background to appreciate it it's just beautifully beautifully done okay that's my geek pick (laughs) (laughs) Try and encourage our listeners to read (laughs)
1: Uh, Books (laughs) Books
0: (laughs) Who has time to read
1: Well technically you and I do Since we read like every week Like a half dozen comics between the two of us (laughs) Yeah but they make me sleepy If (laughs) not more Reading makes me
0: sleepy
2: Well I mean reading comics is good reading too Just reading in general
1: um my geek pick for the week is uh now that it's done uh the podcast no dogs in space which is a music-based podcast just wrapped up their series on the beastie boys and it is so well done like it, it goes through not only the history of the beastie boys themselves but it also Follows a bit of the history of hip hop on a whole and how the Beastie Boys fit into that history, because like, well, it's an interesting and sort of mm, I don't want to say bad, but kind of bad at the same time. Is the Beastie Boys really are part of what broke hip hop to the mainstream world, or at least to? uh, the world outside of the black community, right? Yep. Like it, it was hip-hop up until the BC Boys was predominantly on what was referred to as black radio. And it just, and, which also shows the kid like the thing is is like they could have easily been one of those groups that was the one and done and uh, like almost like a parody of rap. But they weren't. They actually had a love for it and their love of that and coming up in the New York punk scene created this unique entity. But it's also the, the fact that No Dogs in Space is a funny podcast also helps because they're talking about like the kind of like squalor these guys lived in at certain parts, like above a... Uh, a Chinese food restaurant and they split the rooms between them and like but the bathtub was right by the fridge so <laughs> like you could take a bath and pull like a beer out of the fridge at the same time but <laughs> the bath, it also made the bathtub kind of in the living room so it made it awkward for everybody else <laughs> <That was laughs> the apartment at the time like um and there's been a couple good books about the Beastie Boys but if you don't want to if you want like a history of it that also takes you through the history of hip hop and like and pop music of the 80s and early 90s it's a great listen and i fully say like go and do it i'm so this is um they've been breaking their show into seasons and the first season was essentially um based around punk and this was season one point five was the Beastie Boys series, and their next season is going to focus on alternative, starting with the Velvet Underground. So, uh, mm, cool. I, I recommend the show on a whole, but if if you just want to listen to part of it, there I think it's five or six parts on the Beastie Boys is excellent and well worth your your time and listening.
0: Now, is that and, a SoundCloud exclusive? Uh,
1: no, no um, Spotify it exclusive. Nope, you can get it on it for whatever reason. It doesn't fall under that deal. So I was able to get it on my regular podcasting app. I don't know why exactly. So, anyways, uh, that brings us to the end of the show. Oh, that was a good show. I think
0: so. Show. um where can we find everybody brent (laughs) sorry completely lost the plot yeah you (laughs) lost the plot there i'm taking over this show hey jen where can we find you
2: oh well thanks for asking ryan (laughs) uh you can listen to uh me and tracy uh on sailor snacking which pops up in Your True North Nerds feed on the weeks that this podcast doesn't. And we are still going through the 2014 reboot of Sailor Moon uh, Crystal. Uh, We're almost done, season one, and uh, it's getting really exciting. And then we're trying to decide whether we go back into the 90s Sailor Moon uh, and to watch Sailor Moon R or if we keep going with Crystal because we're all really enjoying it. So Mm -hmm. we haven't decided yet. There's a good chunk of episodes in Sailor Moon R, where they I guess the manga hadn't been published yet so they needed filler and it is they, it is awful. And I don't want <laughs> to watch a it again.
0: Filler. Ooh.
2: Yeah, like these characters don't exist in the manga. They have no basis. There's basically aliens show up. Nice. And it's like 13 episodes, maybe less and it's just they're awful. I I, I don't want to watch them, but you know, I will for the podcast. <laughs>
3: Uh, are you you're going to cover the new um, Netflix Sailor Moon movies uh, on your show?
2: Yeah, I think we might do them as, as a special episode. The thing is is that I'm pretty sure that those movies are replacing season 4 of Classic Sailor Moon. Oh. So instead of doing the the doing it as a season, they just did it as a movie because again, filler.
0: <laughs> yeah, because manga does that. Just look at Dragon Ball Z and Dragon Ball Super and
2: well, no, Sailor Moon is not a long manga series. It is, I can't see how many episodes or how many issues of it because there's a Batman figure in the way. Mm-hmm. Bat girl figure, I should say, because see previous rant about Batman. Um, so, but the, the, the uh, classic one was, Sailor Moon classic in the 90s was airing, the anime was airing at the same time as the manga was being published. So mm. they really had to draw out the anime to catch up Wait for the manga to catch up, and sometimes okay. that's good. In the first season of Sailor Moon Classic, there's a lot of good uh, chunks of the anime that really I think emphasize the story and help like make you understand the characters more that they don't have in Crystal.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: But then there's parts like those 13 episodes with the aliens, and basically all of season four, uh, where you're just like, oh god, this is not good. <laughs> So, awesome. I don't know. yeah, we don't know if we're going to do the movies as separate things yet, or if we're going to do them in uh, order. We'll figure it out.
0: I'm actually tempted to watch them when they come out as movies. I may even watch. I may watch them.
2: Ooh, I want to watch it with you. Yeah, I was say,
0: <laughs> maybe I'll come on the episode for those. Sure. Ooh. Since it's been a while since I've been on. Yeah. Um, okay, Kevin, what are you up to? Where can we find you?
3: <laughs> well, a uh, new episode of uh, Galaxy Class, the Star Trek The Next Generation podcast, should be out uh, in your feed already as we speak, uh, and it is a one of our Batleth battle episodes. It's the first time where we've put a two-parter up against a single episode, so it was the episode Relics, which was the return of Scotty, that was the one-parter, versus Redemption, which was the two-parter about the beginning of the klingon civil war and the duras sisters and sila the romulan showed up so uh, interesting discussion there and that is in the galaxy class feed also still working on stuff for stage whispers the local theater podcast uh last episode of that featured an interview with several members of the heronia players so uh that is out there too if you have any kind of interest in live theater at all so um can listen to either of those
0: yeah, cool. I saw your promo image for that. Did you guys do a video call, is or is it just an audio uh, recording?
3: It's an audio podcast, but we okay. recorded on Zoom.
0: Oh, okay. Because so I just I saw you. Did you posted a photo and it, you know you were all with all your pictures. You could see all of yous live there. So I wasn't sure if you also did it as a a video recording. Uh,
3: no, we just uh, we just well, I mean, the whole thing was recorded uh, with Zoom, so
0: okay. Uh, but it you didn't could, it could the be you didn't released as a video feed if
3: we wanted to, but we just put it put the audio out.
2: Oh, cool. So, Brent, and where can they find you, Ryan? Oh no, I'm not. I don't, I'm not j- j- jumping ahead here. <laughs> just, he took right over home. my I'll
1: job, I'll remember? Over. So he gets to go last year.
0: So, Brent, you said you were recently on AM six forty. Where else can our listeners find you?
1: new stock ten but good try
0: yeah. <laughs> I, just, uh, uh, I sorry
1: <laughs> i am uh right now i've got no other appearances lined up other than my radio show on black donnelly radio which you can find on mixcloud the show is called the dark side i play a lot of uh goth and industrial and dark electronic music um Certain people have uh, described some of the music I play as listening to a dot matrix printer being kicked down a flight of stairs. Um, but that's okay. Cause I likes it. <laughs> I can attach
2: to that review.
1: <laughs> I believe it was you who said it <laughs> <laughs> either way. Um, so yeah, you can find me there and you can find me on this podcast. True North nerds.
0: Awesome. And as for myself, well, you can listen to me here every other week on True to Earth Nerds. Uh, and then you can also catch me on episodes of Tales from the Collectorverse, where Ed Campbell and myself uh, talk about toys and collecting stuff. Um, we recently just put out a special little short episode covering uh, the news that came out of Joe June. Uh, and I, actually, our next episode is coming out uh, next week. So have look you forward recorded to
1: that. that already? No, that'll
0: recorded? be this, this yeah. coming weekend. Okay. Uh, we're, we tend to come. To, we, episodes come out the third Thursday of the month. We tend to record it the weekend before that, so I have a few bi- few days to slap it together, uh, and then it just so happened to time out this uh, month with the reopening of the province. So uh, I'm gonna go toy shopping this weekend and maybe find something, and I'll have something to talk about on the next mm-hmm. episode. Of uh, Tales from the
1: Collectorverse Cool. All right. So I guess that's it. Yep. That's it for this episode. Join us in two weeks where we will be talking about more nerdy stuff and shows and movies and all that.
3: Mm. But until
1: then, uh, stay healthy and stay safe, everyone. Bye.
2: <laughs> See ya.
1: Bye. Thank you for listening to the True North Nerds.
3: You can find us at TrueNorthNerds.com or on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at True North Nerds. To contact one or any of the nerds, you can email them at TrueNorthNerds at gmail.com. Theme music provided by Kirby
2: Crackle. You can find more of their music at KirbyCrackleMusic.com. If you like this show, please go to your podcast app of choice and rate and review us.
1: This is You're in control, Jen.